Hi, everyone, and welcome to audio note number 12. It's Andrew Robinson. And we are going through two different tools that help you with self-regulation because leaders that build trust and influence are the most self-regulated people in the room. What I'm not talking about here is not having a reaction. That's not the point. You need to have a reaction, a response to various situations throughout the day. The question is whether your reaction is in keeping with the situation or whether it is out of sync. And that's the whole point with the reactivity scale was to help you identify when your reaction is in sync or out of sync with a particular situation. So that tool is now in one hand. And today what I want to do is put a different tool in your other hand and they actually work together. Like I said, it's like a knife and a fork. These moments of disparity where your reaction doesn't sync with the situation provide you with opportunities to unpack what might be a deeper insight into who you are as an individual, as a person, as a leader. When you find those opportunities, my encouragement to you, as I talked about last time, is to go through and unpack those. What was going on? What were you re- actually reacting to? Okay, you were up at a nine, but the situation required a five. And be able to explore what from your nature or your nurture may have contributed to that reaction. They're kind of like dreams. If you've ever had a dream where then you journal about it or you write about it, you talk it through with someone else and you discover, oh my gosh, this is actually kind of a deep thing that that was coming through my subconscious through my dream. That's what I'm talking about. Reactions can be the same way. But also like dreams, sometimes you go to unpack a dream and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just weird. There's like nothing there. It's just a random dream out of nowhere. Um, And that can be true with your reactions. Um, You know, that's the whole point is, are you paying attention to your actions? Are you willing to let them teach you as we go through this process? That's the question to you, is to try to learn from them when there is something to be learned from them. So now that you have the reactivity scale in one hand, and hopefully you've put it to use and been paying attention to it, I want to introduce you to another tool that will enable you to effectively self-regulate. So I call it the regulation triangle, and what I want you to do is picture an isosceles triangle. Now, instead of picturing it pointing upward, where the point of the the triangle is is, uh, to the sky, I want you to rotate the triangle 90 degrees counterclockwise, so that'd be like rotating it to the left. Now, what was the tip of the triangle points to your left as you're looking at it. So hopefully you can picture that or even you can draw it out. The regulation triangle includes five zones. So I'm going to walk through each of the five zones as they appear on the triangle, okay? So the ground zone is the zone number one. That's the point of the triangle furthest to the left, This represents your most grounded state. You are in a state of your least volatility, least reactive state. You're present. Nothing's really demanding any sort of cognitive or physical energy. Your nervous system is at rest, but it's ready. It's like that mind like water concept. That's zone one. Zone two is if you move along the line that's leading up and to the right toward the uppermost point of the triangle, Midway along this line, you will enter what I call the mobilized zone. This is zone number two. On the reactivity scale, this is when your numbers start to increase. In this state, you're well within reach of your grounded state. So in other words, part of you is still in your grounded state. It's it's within arm's reach, but now you've activated your nervous system for action. So depending on who you are, 
you know, maybe giving a presentation, you know, I gave a, a keynote this morning and I was in zone two. On the one hand, I was activated. I was, I was, you know, making sure that I was staying present with my content, but I'm also grounded. I would check in with my body, make sure that I'm still in, in zone one. So think of, think of zone two as it's, it's kind of like zone one plus because you haven't left zone one, but it is a distinct state because now you are activated. Uh, maybe things like a roller coaster or watching a scary movie or playing some sort of competitive sport would put you into zone two. Okay, you got it. It's going to look different for different people, but I just want you to have a sense in your own life what that looks like. Now, you may even go up to like a 10 on the reactivity scale and still be in zone two. Doesn't mean you've left zone two. You still may be fully anchored, like in a really, uh, like in a situation that demands a 10, like a high, high reaction. Uh, you can still respond to that, but stay anchored. Like I'm, think, I'm thinking of like a trauma surgeon or something like that that's, that's in a surgery, super activated because they have to be on point every single second to make sure they're capturing everything. Um, but they're still anchored. They're, they, haven't, they haven't left zone one entirely, okay? So zone one, zone two, you want to stay coupled with those. Now let's move down into the right. We've gone up into the right to zone two. Now let's go down into the right. And, and zone, two, zone three, similar to zone two, means that you are still anchored in the ground zone. So as you move down into the right from zone one, you enter zone three. And what's happening there is you're actually starting to demobilize your nervous system. In zone two, you, you, you are mobilizing your nervous system. So you've, you've moved from this ready state into a relaxed state. And on the reactivity scale, you are going into your negative numbers. Now, depending on the person, something like a massage or like I have a lot of friends that love the ocean, surfing or like getting into the, just getting into the water, that makes a huge impact on them, helps them uh, go into that zone three, you know, or maybe like after you physically exert yourself, you know, you come back and you sit down and you're just like so relaxed. That's zone, that's zone three. You're, you're entering a, that healthy demobilized state. Um, and just like with zone two, you can go deep into zone three. Like, I mean, I've had, a, a, I remember getting a massage one time and thinking like, I probably shouldn't drive. <laughs> so, so relaxed. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't left my ground zone. The zone one and zone, zone three were still coupled. I could easily reground. Okay. Now we're going to go through the two zones in which, uh, in which, which are the more extreme uh, points of the triangle. There's there's the upper right extreme and the lower right extreme uh, points on the triangle, the highest point and the lowest point. Okay, so let's go as you to zone four, which is what I call the danger zone. And in zone four, you've moved from your grounded state through zone two, moving up into the right into zone four. And in zone four, you can no longer reach zone one, meaning you are no longer able to ground yourself you're now fully mobilized, and this is, in, in nervous system terms, a, a sympathetic state. You are ready to fight or flee, and you, your perceived lack of safety mobilizes a need for either attacking this source of threat or removing yourself from the situation as fast as possible. Any form of perceived or real situation in which you perceive that you are under threat takes you toward can take you towards zone four, uh, meaning fight or flight. And the problem is, is that in zone four, when you go there and you lose your grounding, you can't access zone one anymore. 
you go into zone four, the door locks behind you because what are, what we do is we need safety. When we go into zone four and we are overactivated, we can't. The door locks behind us. And we can't get back very easily. So once you enter zone four, it's going to take time and considerate uh, considered energy to be able to unlock that door so that you can again regain your groundedness in zone one. Okay. So upper that upper line is zone one. Then you go into zone two and then zone four. Now let's do the lower line. We talked about zone one is your grounded zone. Then you go into zone three, which is your demobilized. And now let's go into zone five. In zone five, this is what I call your dead zone, uh, because not because you literally die, but you've probably seen documentaries where an animal is being pursued and it plays dead. That's essentially what zone five is for humans. It's a state of, of being catatonic in a sense. In a sense, you're shut down. I have uh, friends that are EMTs and they'll come upon an accident and find you know one of the people is in zone five because they are completely shut down and demobilized in, in terms of their nervous system. Unfortunately, just, just like in zone four, in zone five, the door locks behind you and it, it takes considerable time and energy for that door to finally unlock so that someone can actually get back to zone one. Okay, so hopefully this, this you're following this diagram. It's zone one, and then you go up to zone two, and you're fine. Zone one, you go down to zone three, you're fine. But as soon as you enter four or five, you've lost your grounding. Okay, so the activation triangle I alluded to this, but it, it corresponds to discrete parts of our nervous system. And some of you out there are familiar with polyvagal theory. This model is is one that, that I find helpful. It, it complements polyvagal theory, um, perhaps a little different in some of the nuance. Uh, but the ground zone or zone one in, in, from, in my model corresponds to the ventral nervous system in polyvagal theory. Zone four when you go through from zone one into zone four represents the sympathetic nervous system being overly activated. Zone five, or what I call the dead zone, is when your dorsal ventral system kicks in, and some people will call that a dorsal shutdown. By far the best book I've ever found on this is called Anchored by Deb Dana. It's super accessible, great exercises. I can't recommend it enough. It's made a huge impact on my understanding of the nervous system and how to work with it. I've just I've drawn a ton of value from this model. I hope you do too, um, because it will help normalize your reactions to situations. And when you find you are out of sync, like if your reactivity scale indicates that there is a difference between how you're reacting and the, the actual situation, it will help you to reground yourself. It helps you realize where you are and how to get back. So in, in, in closing, I want you just to picture your hand and you've got five fingers, well, four fingers and a thumb. And what I do is, is just to check in with myself, I'll pay attention. Like what zone am I in right now? I'm in zone one. Okay. I'm fully grounded. And, or maybe like this morning giving a presentation, I was in zone two. That's great. Zone one, zone two are together. Or maybe like, you know, whatever I take a sauna and now I'm in zone three. So, you know, demobilized, but still anchored. But if I notice my body is overly activated, or, or severely underactivated, then I can look and go, wait, am I in zone four or five? Or am I flirting with zone four or zone five? And is the door going to shut behind me here pretty soon? And simply by looking at my hand, 
paying attention to those zones, it helps me identify where I'm at. But in identifying where I'm at, invariably what happens to me is I'm able to reground myself. And I have some techniques that I use personally and that I've used with leaders that I've worked with that I'll introduce in the next audio note. And what that will do is that'll essentially encapsulate these two tools um, and bring them together so that you can put them into practice. So in the next audio note, what I will do is, is put the reactivity scale together with the activation triangle, give you some really practical techniques you can use to ground yourself to make sure you are the most self-regulated person in the room. Other people may be swept away in certain situations, but these will help you remain grounded, remain in zone one, or at least within reach of zone one. Okay, so that's where we're going uh, in the next audio note. Uh, Really excited to get into that. And then just as a, a reminder, what that's doing is setting the stage to go into really the core content of Selfship, where we will get into nature, we will get into narrative, Um, and move on from there. Okay. So as always, wherever you are right now, wherever you're listening in from, I am so glad that you are here. Take care, everyone.